0: here we are. Oh, I love my husband. It's a good thing, right? I'm glad he's home. I, I got tea in bed today. I'm like, good, because I can't get the dogs to make me tea. So, I stayed home. I did not go to Seattle. I had school. And, um, and my printer broke yesterday. I think it was like having a meltdown, actually just very overwhelmed. My computer cried and wouldn't work. And then my printer died this morning. And I asked God, why? Why me? And um, he didn't answer. He said, you know why? Because you overloaded the computer. You forgot to put ink in the printer. And sometimes, you know, we can ask God why, but we know the answer. And we've just got to fix it. All right, I'm going to keep you standing for a second because I want to read to you a scripture. I'm going to read to you from Romans 8, 26 to 28. And worship team with me, I want us to just have this moment where we hear God's word. I'm going to read out of the message translation, but I want us to catch something today that we may need in our life, that we may need to help somebody else in our life this week and in the future. So this is what the Bible says. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your faithfulness your bigness, your conclusiveness, all the things that we need in our life, Lord God, we can find in you through our relationship with you, through your word, through the reminders of the Holy Spirit in our life. And we're mindful today, Father God, of how much we love you and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you can take your seats. So the title of my message today is Why? Not the letter Y, but the word Why? Why? So, why did I just mention my computer breakdown because it was crying saying no more schoolwork, no more 14-hour days doing major projects, uh, not again for a week. So, I've got another week to look forward. I love grad school. I've got to say, it is stretching my brain <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, but why is a very important question for us and when I looked up in the dictionary what the word why meant, it had so many different uses, actually. It was the uses of the word why. And why is a very important part of our life for us to be inquisitive about learning, for us to want to know what's going on in the world. But, you know, sometimes the why word can actually just become a big problem when everything is like, but why? But why? It's like a two-year-old, but why? Why? Did everyone, like, have a three-year-old, two-year-old like that? Oh, we did. His name was Captain Benny. But why? But why? But why? It's like, I don't know why, Benny. I don't know why you don't stop talking. That's what I don't know. And he's actually about to become a captain this September, which is actually funny, because I'm like, Captain Benny? Since he was three, he's going to become Captain Benny. I'm like, okay, I can actually hashtag that now, because he's told me to stop. All right. Why? So, the... The um, essence of what I want to speak to you about today is the importance of why and the use of why in our life because we can cause ourselves to just be ground to a halt when we use this word too often and without trusting God. So here's some good news about the modern era that we live in. If we want to know something, we can literally Google that. We can search engine that. We can go to... Uh, the internet, and we can put in a question and literally sometimes like billions of answers come up. Like that is just awesome. But who is telling the truth? Where is the facts? Who knows who wrote it? Um, And there's so many different options for answers. So yes, is technology helpful with our why? Of course. But is it conclusive? Absolutely not. It is not conclusive. It's helpful, not conclusive. So I looked up the most common questions that people ask, why about on Google? And here are some of them. Why is there a leap year? I don't know if you thought about that before. I actually didn't. I just accepted the fact that there was one, right? There is one. Uh, It's to keep our calendar on track by compensating for Earth's imperfect orbit of the sun. Did you know that? I did not know that. Anyway, that's awesome, perfect. And we are going to have a leap year whether anyone likes it or not. Whether somebody Googles it doesn't exist, it does. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Why is the sky blue? That's a really great question. Because God does not like purple. It's simple. Now, there is a scientific reason for that that I did find. And I'm not going to share that with you today. I want to share a funny story. So, Jonathan and I were attending a assembly parent-teacher moment um, At London School when she was in I think first or second grade and it was a new principal and he was doing a presentation and sharing some of his vision for the school and um, he shared a story about how important it is to um, really embrace the creativity and the imagination of children and we're like yeah this is great this is great and then he said "And, and if your child draws the sky as purple then that's okay We can accept that because what your child thinks about the colour of the sky matters to us. I'm like, dude, are you really true? (laughs) The sky is not purple. The sky is blue. And what are you doing to this child? It's like, okay, this can be his interpretation of it. But the guy was literally saying, if your your child walks outside, the sky is not blue to them. It's purple. I'm like, okay, we've lost our mind. Right there. We've lost our mind. The sky is actually blue. Um, Why do we yawn? Lack of oxygen when we're tired. Why do you yawn when I yawn? Don't start now. Why, when I mention that word, you feel like yawning? I don't know. These are funny whys. Um, Oh, here's another one. Why did the chicken cross the road? Doesn't matter. All right. Why does Pastor Jonathan still have a dead earphone, iPad, earpod? What is this called? Airpod. Why does he still have a dead one in his drawer? This is the one I washed and dried. And he's only got one because he lost one. This thing is so deader than dead. And I saw it and I'm like, why is this still here? That's my why. Why did he still have all of those suits that I gave away? And good question. A resurrection. resurrection from the dead. Resurrection. There you go. All righty. He can lay hands on that thing later. I'm like, whew. Perfect. Why do you have pens that don't work in your drawer? Oh, yeah, let's not even start thinking. We're all going to go home and have a big little spring clean while it's still spring. So, Pastor Jonathan last week started a new series, which um, I really love. And it's entitled Generation to Generation. If you weren't able to be with us, I'm sure you can see it online. But it's an amazing concept, especially when it comes to this subject of why. Because the Bible is so clear about how important it is that we know the why, that we know the plan of God, that we know why he sent his son, that we know what his plan is from beginning to end, why, so that we can pass that information on generation to generation from an experience with God, not just something that we Google about, but we can actually say God is good, God is faithful, and that we are reminded all the time from generation to generation this is now our responsibility So I was thinking about how different generations are. Um, Any millennials out there, give me a wave. We love you, don't worry. You're not going to get anything thrown at you because I know there's like a a lot of hate for millennials and I really don't know why. I think you guys are awesome. Um, I think some people didn't put their hand up because they were like, people don't like us. We love you, millennials. We love you. At home, we love millennials. Hey, millennial parents, love your millennial children. (laughs) What about... Gen X's, any Gen X's out there? Woo-hoo. That's right, we grew up with 80s music, exactly, come on. And then we've got some baby boomers in the house. I know, different music, you're, you're looking at my husband, the boomer over there. Good. Oh, good music, good music, okay, you, could, you can resurrect that from the dead as well, <laughs> all right, Okay. Well, according to the Pew Research Center for US Politics and Policy, there are two more generations that I had actually not, I was not familiar with, and I want to share them with you today. And one of them is called the Silent Generation. Born 1928 to 1945, these are children of the Great Depression and World War II. Their silent label refers to their image. As being conformist and civic-minded. And then the previous generation to that was called the great, sorry, the greatest generation. People born before 1926. There are very few left on planet Earth. And these people were the ones this generation fought and won World War II. And how amazing when we think about generation to generation, the legacy we are now privileged to experience because of this greatest generation. So my parents, they were both born in 1935, they're 85 years old, turning 86 this year. They are the silent generation. And it got me thinking. I'm like, oh, the silent generation. This was the home I was raised in, and also my grandmother lived in our home. So I had the silent generation and the greatest generation raising me, which is why I have no issue with authority. (laughs) I was raised in a home not to question it, at home, at school, at work and at church, and I did not feel suppressed. It was how I was raised. I was raised to not question something that had already been decided. I was um, raised to not concern myself with other people's business. <laughs> There's a term in Australia that we use um, called busy beak. I don't know if people use it. We use busy beak. Okay, it's like uh, you can put your busy beak away. That's not your, not your concern. It's funny though. Later on, as an adult, when I find out all sorts of funny things about my family, just when I thought they were all perfect, there is so much dysfunction, but no one talked about it. It's like wow, awesome. The silent generation. My dad would often say, if us kids did ask why, that why is a crooked letter that can never be straightened. It's like, okay, and we just went, okay, that was, that was great. And if he and mum occasionally went out um, after dinner, I can remember them doing this sometimes and wondering why. And my grandma was always there, we never, were left alone, we didn't have babysitters, it was just that traditional, like, <laughs> here we all are, and um, my sister and myself... Grandparent, ...grandmother, parents. So, they would be, like, going out the door. I'm like, well, why? why? Why are you going? And my dad would say, we're going to see a man about a dog. I'm like, okay. I was waiting for the dog to come home. I don't know how many years the dog didn't come home. And I didn't actually then keep asking why. So, uh, I'm a Gen Xer. Jonathan's a boomer. And we have raised millennials. So, this is the Y generation. I'm not talking about the letter, I'm talking about the word. So, Benny, as I mentioned, Mr Y. Here's a a really great um, example, too, that I love to use. Teenage children like to push the envelope. Do we know what that means? It means little kids do boundaries, but so do teenagers. And when adult um, children do it, It's on them, and I really don't care. It's like, you want to push that, that's up to you. But when you're raising them, it's like, oh. And so, when it came to being invited to parties, school friends, anything like that, I had a strategy, and I want to share that with you, because this might just help somebody today. It's a real practical strategy. So, you've been invited to someone's home for a party. I don't know the parents, and that's okay, because we've got to get to know people. Um, And I also want you to go and have fun. But I would like you to give me the phone number of the mum or the dad who will be at the party, because it's their home. Why the drama? Why? Why do you want to speak to the parent? Why? No. Why? And so here's my answer. You ready? Not because I said so. That's a bad answer. That doesn't work. Well, it kind of can brush them off for a minute. I said, oh, so I can thank them for having you. Sometimes it worked, sometimes they said, never mind, I'm not going. I said, okay, perfect. I still won. Why? You've got to give them a reason, because I want to thank the parent. And sometimes I did, and I called them and thanked them, and that was actually build a relationship. And other times it flushed out any nonsense that there might not be parents there. Same what I'm saying, girls, boys, men, children. <laughs> so there's a, a story that Jonathan and I lived through a number of years ago. We were on an aeroplane. And um, we're on our way back from, I think it was Miami, because I can just picture the person and what he was wearing, and he did look like um, a modern vi- uh, Miami Vice kind of style. So, Joel and I are sitting there just waiting, and you know, people are getting on the plane. We're sitting there with our we're buck- buckling up, because, you know, you get on when you're supposed to get on. You put your seatbelt on when you're supposed to put your seatbelt on. We're not like, well, why do I have to sit down? Why do I have to wear a seatbelt Why do I have to sit in that seat with that number on it? No, you just actually get on the plane and sit down and put your belt on, okay? This is how we roll when we fly. And um, we could hear a commotion from a flight attendant who was going up and down the aisle, up and down the aisle. Like, oh, what's going on? And then she started to share with um, one of her colleagues that there was a gentleman down the back who did not want to take his seat, would not put his bag away and would not put his belt on. I'm thinking, who does that? So, this woman was getting very frustrated. Next thing, she goes into the um, where the pilot is. What is that called? The pilot seat, the cabin. The cockpit. The cockpit. Thank you very much. Benny would be so proud of me right now. Um, the pilot's son. So, she, she goes into the cockpit. Next, next thing, pilot, the pilot is coming down with her. And he is leading the way. I would say it was 30 seconds later... The pilot is walking straight out, the gentleman is right behind him and he is literally walking him off the plane. Gone. Goodbye. He's like, well, what about, the- I want to go, What? I'm going to miss my... pilot says, you're out. Goodbye. And that is a picture of why sometimes it's really good for us to just take our seat, buckle up and not be the person who's holding the rest of the world up because we want to know why. Why do I have to sit there? Why do I have to do this? Why, why, why? This is the generation that exists and we need to be able to help them from generation to generation. Let's go back to God now. Let's go back to the Word of God now and help people understand how important it is that we have that answer for them, that this is really important because you're going to hit your head when we take off. That bag is going to fly through the cabin and hit other people in the head and you actually just need to do what you're told. And sometimes the word, well, the word of God is full of instruction. It is, it is not a multiple choice book. You could pick this, 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 uh-uh. It is full of instruction and it is there to save our life. So I'm going to just share three questions and three answers from the Bible with you this morning. You know, Google is a great tool, but the Bible is the only truth. It is the only truth. So the first question is this, why did this happen? I don't know if you've ever woken up one morning or during the night or just been anywhere in the world and you've just thought, why? Why did this happen? And you start thinking about it and you start ruminating and you start like, but why God, but why God? And maybe you even kind of know, but you still want that, you just want that peace. Well, God can give us that peace. Why did this happen? There's a story in the Bible in John chapter 9. I'm just going to read a little bit of it and then just talk to you about it. And it's a story about a blind man. And there are a few characters in this story. And all of these people make up this true thing that actually happened in history. This is not a parable. This is actually an account of what happened with Jesus and this blind man and these other characters who are part of the story. We've got the blind man, we've got Jesus, we've got the disciples, we've got the blind man's parents, we've got neighbours, we've got Pharisees, they're the religious people of the day, very opposed to Jesus. And this is what the Bible says, John 9, 1 to 3. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his parents' sins or his sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. You know, Jesus heals this man. The story goes on and please feel free when you get home to study this. This is a very powerful story because it's got so many people involved. And sometimes when there are so many people involved in a situation, it can get very confusing. And that's where we need to remember that that this story is actually all about Jesus and the man who was blind. And when we get too much interaction and too much conflict happening, we've got to remember it's about Jesus and about whatever is going on in our life to silence all of the noise, all of the arguing. So this dialogue from when Jesus saw him and shut down the fact that it was anything to do with sin because we can judge say well they must have done that for that to happen that's very very easy for people to think Jesus shut them down and said no this happened so that this guy could have an experience with me so the man finally chimes in verse 25 because they're all arguing the, you know the, the Pharisees are like well how did he do that? He's, he's a sinner. Like, Jesus is a sinner. How did that happen? It's like the whole thing was just so messy. And the man is just like, okay, well, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. I don't know. All I know is I was once blind, but now I can see. I was once blind, but now I can see. And what happens when we don't know what happens? Why did this thing happen? It's because God wants to Give us an experience of him. Silence the noises. A person with an experience is never at the mercy of people with an argument. And we've got to remember that. So the question is, why did this happen? The answer is, so this man could have an experience with Jesus. Not just hear about him, not just watch on from afar. But to actually say, I don't know what you're all arguing about. But I was blind and now I can see. Number two. Here's the second question: Why is it taking so long? Okay, well, we know that question. And if we're on a road trip with small children, or even big children, or even um, me in the car, Jonathan, like why are we? I don't. I like road trips, but <laughs> how long? Um, here, this is really good. This scripture is amazing. Luke eight. I'm just going to tell you a little story before. Um, but Luke eight, starting at verse forty. I was um, on a trip last October, Um, Jonathan and I went, we were on two different dates going because of schedule and we were uh, flying to Florida for Ben to graduate from the F-22 program and it was the last graduation and then now he's off doing his thing um, certified. So uh, Jonathan left the day before with London and then I was leaving the day after and, and Ben had mentioned... Mum, can you see if you can come, like, the day before? Because it looks like the weather could be a bit nasty while you're flying. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he has a degree in weather. So, if Benny wasn't a pilot, he would be a weatherman. So, he's, he got his degree in um, weather. I can't even think of what the actual thing is called. But, you know, it's a science degree. And it's, it's legit. So, when the dude talks to me about weather, I'm, like, listening because he knows what he's talking about. I couldn't change my flight. I said, I've got more Faith love to fly when the weather's a bit dodgy than I do to pay two thousand dollars for a new ticket so I don't have faith for that no absolutely not So I'm on the plane on the way to Dallas transit in Dallas and then I get on the little little plane they go from big to little flying to where I was going and um, Ben said have fun on the next flight mum I'm like what are you saying you punk that's terrible. And so I was watching the time of the flight. Once I got on that plane, the weather was grey. You know, Dallas can be a bit hectic sometimes with weather anyway. But I was watching the time and the flight should have been one and a half hours. And it kept saying one and a half... Sorry, it kept um, going back to after saying, like, we have got 15 minutes to go. Now it's half an hour to go. I'm like, how does that work? And, And... we're supposed to land no, no, another another 15 minutes, no, hit another 20 minutes. I'm like, is this? am I in a time capsule here? This flight should be an hour and a half and it felt like forever. And what had happened was the flight ended up being 50 minutes longer. An hour and a half flight took an extra 50, five zero minutes because we flew around a hurricane. And I think we've got a photo here to show you. It'll tell me if the photo comes up. Okay, so Bentley sends me this photo when I land. He said, I hope that was fun, Mum. You just flew right around the hurricane. And so if we had gone direct, which we all want to do in life, I just want to go to A, from A to B. We, I would have been right in the middle where the red is of that hurricane. And, you know, why is it taking so long? We can ask God that. But at the end of the day, we've got to trust him with his timing because his timing is always perfect. So this story... ...is about a woman who has had an issue, a physical issue in her body for 12 long years. And it's about a little girl who was about 12 years old. And this is an amazing story, a picture of how um, incredible God is... ...and how, how his sovereignty that we need to trust is about the timing of events in our life. And... So Jesus is in this crowd of people, the people are crowding in on him and this woman who had spent all of her money on medicine had not had a healing. She reached out in faith and touched the hem of his robe and immediately Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? The disciples said, well, uh, Lord, you know, you've, you've got crowds, everyone's touching you. He said, no, no, somebody touched me intentionally. Somebody actually touched me. I felt healing power leave me. And this woman, after all of that time, got her healing the only problem was jesus was not just roaming around that day and decided to stop and and um and heal this woman no he was actually on his way somewhere and there's a man who is asking where's jesus because jesus had an appointment but he stopped so sometimes we're like well isn't jesus it's my turn where is he but he's, he may be stopped to heal somebody else on the way. Does that mean he can't heal you too? Absolutely not. Wait for the end of this story. It's amazing. So as this woman began her very awful medical you know, the story, her journey 12 years earlier, this family gave birth to a beautiful baby girl. So it's a 12-year story that's a comparison. And so Jesus left the crowd, went on to Jairus' house. This is where the little girl was sick. By the time Jesus got there, he was told, don't worry about it, she's actually died. You're too late, Jesus. And there was a commotion, wailing. Here we go again with the people in the crowd and and all the noise and nonsense, wailing and, oh, the child is dead. Jesus said, okay, you can all leave now. (laughs) And he went in with a couple of his disciples, with the mother and father, and he said, the girl is just sleeping. And the people who were wailing and complaining started laughing at Jesus, of course, because they were emotional. Where was their faith? There was nowhere. Jesus shuts the door on the noise, on the crowd, on the mocking, on the criticism, on the emotion. And he says, little girl, get up. And little girl gets up. The little girl is healed. And Jesus shut the noise out, shut the complaints out, shut the mocking out. And he was right on time. So the question is this. Why is it taking so long? Because God's timing is always perfect. That that time when the the clock seems to go back and back. Remember the hurricane. That God is averting something in our life. We've got to trust him for timing. Number three. And finally... Why shouldn't I give up? Why shouldn't I give up? Like, it just makes no sense anymore to keep going. Why shouldn't I give up? I mean, Joyce Meyer once said this, and I thought it was a really classic quote, if the horse is dead, get off. (laughs) So, there are times when, you know... (laughs) Okay, we could probably take these home today... If I put them in the bin, he will do a dumpster dive to get them out because he believes in resurrection. I get that. All right. That's that. But you know, the devil wants us to quit. He wants to quit purpose. He wants us to quit purpose. He wants us to sit down and shut ourselves up on the inside for protection or just for, you know, no reason. And God is By the Holy Spirit today, I knew when I was preparing this that somebody in here needs to hear these words, don't give up, don't give up. That's for somebody in this room, somebody watching online, maybe more than one person, don't give up. I'm going to read to you a scripture here from 2 Corinthians 6, 1 to 10, from the message. This is what the Bible says. Companions, as we are in this work with you, we beg you, please don't squander one bit of this marvellous life that God has given us. God reminds us, I heard your call in the nick of time. The day you needed me, I was there to help. Well, now is the time to listen. The day to be helped. Don't put it off. Don't frustrate God's work by showing up late, throwing a question mark over everything we're doing. Our work as God's servants gets validated or not in the details. People are watching us as we stay at our post, alertly, unswervingly, in hard times, tough times, bad times, when we're being beaten up, jailed, mobbed, working hard, working late, working without eating. Do you think the Apostle Paul was having a bad day? (laughs) Uh, With a pure heart, clear head, steady hand, in gentleness, holiness and honest love. When we're telling the truth... And when God's showing his power, when we're doing our best at setting things right, when we're praised and when we're blamed, slandered and honoured, true to our word, though distrusted, ignored by the world, but recognised by God, terrifically alive, though rumoured to be dead, beaten within an inch of our lives, but refusing to die, immersed in tears, yet always filled with deep joy, living on handouts, yet enriching many, having nothing, yet having it all don't give up i want to invite the worship team to come now because um i want to pray for us all this morning that we can you know do some business with god settle some things you know that why that sits above our head can become like a noose it doesn't belong there jesus died to set us free from that why that why, why did that happen? Why couldn't I fix it? That why, that why, why, why? And When it sits there every day, you even know the answer, but you don't like the answer, so it comes back. We've got to settle things with God. I say, Father God, I trust you with my whys. <laughs> I trust you. I've got, to, I've got to learn to trust you because they're not going to go away, the whys of life. Like, why did that person do that? Why did that happen to me? Why did that person rip off another person financially? Why did that husband walk out on that wife and three kids? Why has that person got that diagnosis at such a young age? Why? I don't know why. I know God is faithful. I know God is good. I know he heals. I know his timing is perfect. And I know that it's a good thing for me not to give up. So here's the question. Here's the answer, the final. So why shouldn't I give up? So that I can be part of the next greatest generation. Because the greatest generation that's 100 years ago. Why, why can't we, why can't we see this next greatest generation be ushered in in our, in our lifetime? Yet maybe we're not going to fight a war. Let's pray that we don't. But we need to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. people can look at us and say wow all of that crazy happened in 220 all that crazy doesn't stop but we say no god's got this and we are not going to leave our post because we're going to be known the church of jesus christ is going to be known as those who stuck to jesus stuck to their purpose and became the next greatest generation that is my prayer so Romans eight I'm going to read to you from a different translation and then I'm just going to show you a photo and we're going to pray. I started with the scripture and the message. I'm going to finish in the amplified version because it's good to take off, go somewhere and then land and I want this to be our landing space today. This is what the word of God says and we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us causes all things to work together as a plan for those who love God and to those who are called according to his plan and purpose he works all things last week if you were here I shared just after our worship about how God can take a mess he doesn't mind our mess Some people don't like mess. They're like, oh, that's messy. I'm going to stay out of that one. No, Jesus is like, let me hop right in the middle of it. I don't mind that mess because I'm going to make a miracle out of that. I'm going to give you a life message about that. I'm going to make you see how wow your life is. And I shared about a cake. I was asked to bring a birthday cake to a party. This is many years ago. And um, it's a big responsibility to bring the birthday cake, especially when you're making it. And I don't like... Um, following like recipe guides much I'm like oh it'll be right it'll be right it'll be okay so I bake the cake and I take it out of the oven too soon Uh, turn it over and it falls apart I'm like this is the birthday cake no pressure I've got all the ingredients set up I've got the icing I've got the cream I've got the um, raspberry jam I've got the lint chocolate balls I've got the candle I've got everything and then I thought this is such a mess what am I going to do And instead of taking it on a platter, I grabbed a pudding dish and I started throwing that thing together bit by bit. Bit of cake, it was not cooked properly, it was a little little bit cooked and then a bit gooey and then a bit of icing, a bit of cream and then I started actually having fun with it. I'm like, this is actually fun. Voila, here is the wow cake. I think we have a photo this time. Is it coming? I'm sure it's coming. So here is a picture of how... God can make a mess into something magnificent. I walk into the party with this, and I didn't name this cake. Everyone in the room named this cake. What do they call it? Wow, exactly. And it tastes magnificent. It's amazing. And the fact that some of it wasn't quite cooked made it even better, if you know what I'm saying. It wasn't this dry cake that was like a slab cake, cut it up. Oh, no, this was like, wow. God wants to give you that experience. He wants a relationship that gives you an experience. This is not about what we know or don't know. This is not about what we can find on Google or not. This is about actually having an experience so that you know that you know that you know how loved you are. So let's pray. If you want to stand to your feet right now, I'd really appreciate that. Stretch your legs. And um, if we can all just close our eyes for a moment so we can think about just our life before God. Just... Just think about you and the Lord, no distractions, no other people, no problems right now, just you and Jesus. And I want to ask you a question this morning, whether your life is doing really well right now or whether it is a mess, if you need Jesus to come in, maybe your life's great, but a family member's life is a complete mess. He wants to come into that mess. If that's you today, Well, if all the eyes here are closed, if you just want to acknowledge, just put your hands out in front of you or you can raise your hand up and say, Father, I need you. (laughs) I need you. I'm going to pray right now. Father, I thank you for every person who has acknowledged their need of you. You're a faithful God. You're a good God. We know, Father God, it's so easy to be distracted by all the voices and all the voids and all the stuff. Lord, we know you've got this. You've got the timing. You've got the... Relationship that you want to have with us, Lord God, and you can make everything turn around for good because you're a good God. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God. We're going to just worship a little bit of this song, and then I want to say a prayer for anyone in this room today and anyone watching online who actually wants that relationship with Jesus, maybe the first time, or maybe. You want to come back to God because you realize how much space there's been. We're going to worship. Let's just open our hearts to the Holy Spirit right now. I was just thinking about a friend who um, was a new friend at the time who's become a very 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 dear friend after over a decade now and this woman came to one of our sisterhood Friday mornings um, like I said 10 years ago she was brought by a friend and her friend said, you are such a mess. I don't know what to do with you. I'm going to bring you to Pastor Die. I'm like, oh, great, thanks. But that's my job. I can try and help. I'm not going to solve it all. So she literally brought her broken, messed up friend. And this beautiful, beautiful woman sat through that meeting with her sunglasses on the entire time. And when I asked who wanted to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, she literally put her hand up in this intimate setting tears streaming down her face under her sunglasses and then afterwards when we were connecting having a coffee I went to say hello to her to meet her for the first time and she said I don't know what just happened I said I can tell you what just happened this is what just happened the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart and that's his job he is the convincer of his presence and so I invited her home to my place for a cup of tea and we just talked about Jesus and we talked about the Bible and I took her she had not read the Bible I took her from Genesis all the way through to the end of Revelation kindergarten style which is how I like it works for me I'm like simple I gave her the simple version not the deep complicated this doesn't even make sense I gave her mankind had an opportunity they blew it. Then we have all of the, the history. That this is the generations that ensued after it, they blew it. So then, Father God, in order to make sure that we had an opportunity to be rescued, he sends his only son, his precious son, to die for us. Because we came from a generation that blew it. And she wept and wept and wept. She said, that's why Jesus died? I said, that's why jesus died she fell in love with jesus like i don't know that i've she's one of the most precious people and it was like oh my gosh he literally wants to rescue me out of my mess i want to pray this morning very specifically about that relationship because we can't pick ourselves up by our bootlaces we can't fix everything. We can try. We can That why is just there hanging over our head all the time. Father God loves us enough. He sent his precious son. And that is the reason. So that we could be rescued from our mess. Have an eternal place in heaven with him. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts right now here and at home. Watching online. So let's pray. If that's you today. And you know that you need Jesus. First time or you need to come back. Let's all pray this prayer together. Repeat after me. Whether you've said this a thousand times, as a family of God, we love to say this, declare it. Beautiful words. Thank you, Father, for sending your son, Jesus, to die in my place, to forgive me, to rescue me, to give me a brand new start, and an amazing future.